0: Please join me in welcoming Michael Levant to the show. He's a content creator, consultant, and researcher. Michael, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me on, John. Appreciate it. All right, Michael, you and I have become really good friends, actually, in the last couple of months. We met at the AWS New York Summit. Huge freaking thing. We had like an hour-long conversation, just standing way off to the side, talking about content and creating. And now we actually share some tips and tricks daily. So I really appreciate that, Michael, before we get into our topic today. And our topic is around brand awareness and personalize your brand. How about you give everybody a little bit of backstory on yourself? Sure. Yeah. So I'll I'll keep it high
1: level, but if you want me to dive anything, please let me know. I started out my career in like you know general help desk, systems administration, moved into more virtualization, then moved into cloud. Kind of found myself a little bit doing uh, more software development. And then, you know, after that, taking the infrastructure piece, taking the software development piece, uh, you know, met somewhere in the middle and and went to the, you know, well, we were calling it more SRE back then. But I think now it's more like platform engineering. Um, and then, you know, since then, decided to go out on my own. Now I do everything from, you know, everything Kubernetes and containerization, content, consulting, all that good stuff.
0: All right, Michael, our topic, brand awareness and personalize your brand does come into play here with all the content that you create and how you're creating it and how you're getting out there for the community. You're really well known around Kubernetes and being, uh, I, dare I say, and don't take this wrong, an influencer, whether you like it or not, but an influencer in the community around Kubernetes, but a technical one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I still have, uh, th- there's there's two Things that people call me, well, there's a couple, but I won't say most <laughs> of them. You can two the primary. I can ones. check off the explicit box <laughs> if you want to. I'm just kidding. Um, influencer and thought leader, and th- they kind of irk me a little bit because, well, you know, the thought leader title, right? Like back, way back when, that was like the you are the biggest and best in what you do in your area of focus. Like you were the guy or gal now it's like an influencer right that's you know that's kind of what it kind of sounds like nowadays an influencer it kind of gets a bad rap um especially because of what i do you know my my whole thing is like i go deep into technical topics so you don't have to i go deep into them and then i write about them and i make it more digestible for everybody right? Whether it's on a product, whether it's on a specific implementation, whatever the case may be, my whole thing is like, I like to go as deep as possible into a specific topic. And then I like to create content on it. But an influencer, like you, it's, you kind of get more of a high level vibe from, from a lot of influencers, right? Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I just don't think it like puts me in the right category, if that makes sense. And I don't even know what my category is at this point.
0: What if you were a deep technical influencer? Yeah, I
1: think we, we could we could make that. We can we can. can, make we that can make, all right, <laughs> all right.
0: We'll, we'll keep with that title and going. off. <laughs> all right, so let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff that you do because it goes around brand awareness, right? And personalizing your brand when you post, people like, follow, reshare, tweet, comment along the way. And really, they kind of follow you along for your, you know, deep technical knowledge on Kubernetes and containers. Why, first of all, why do you do it?
1: Yeah, well, good, good question. Sometimes, um, but for for, <laughs> for most for most of the time, I. So here's my thing: like, you know, whenever I worked a full time job, I always loved implementation. I always loved being hands on. I always loved figuring stuff out. I like tinkering, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing was, was that, you know, and this is just for any full-time job, there's always something that you have to do that you don't want to do, or that doesn't make any sense or something, something have to do it because of politics. Somebody said so something, something right. And I always, it just irked me all the time. I I always hated the feeling of just like doing stuff just because, and that's why I kind of went out on my own and I started this whole independent thing. Now, why I do content is because, again, I like the ability to go deep into a specific topic. When you're a platform engineer, when you're a DevOps engineer, you got 50,000 gajillion million billion things you got to do on your day-to-day. And because of that, it's very difficult to go in depth in something specific unless you're a developer and you're creating something very specific for a very specific product or you know piece of software or stack or whatever. But other than that, it's it's more of a generous uh, generous it's more of a generalist role nowadays than anything else and that's I don't enjoy that I don't enjoy being at a high level I enjoy being able to go as in depth as possible which is really the the big part of why I create content and then the other part is of course because. I actually like helping people, you know, I, I do my best to respond to everybody on social media. When I can, I do my best to respond to DMS. Um, I get a lot. So it's kind of, I just miss stuff and I end up not getting notifications on it and whatever, um, you know, and I'm always just trying to help out as many people as I can understand, any type of technology, right? Like right now I'm focusing on Kubernetes and overall orchestration, right? It could be Nomad, it could be Swarm, it could be ECS, whatever, Um, and just containerization as a whole, right? But in five years and 10 years, that may change. But the whole idea is to still be able to not only help people, but dive as in-depth as I possibly can.
0: Michael, when you come up with creating content and how it originally started, Uh, were you going through a problem, right? You were trying to solve something and then all of a sudden you felt compelled to write or to share it out with the audience. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to make a video of this. How did it all get started for you to actually start creating content to start writing about it and start sharing it out socially?
1: Yeah, I actually think it was two reasons. Number one, exactly like you just said, I had a problem and I was like, I can't be the only one with this problem. Uh, and number two, it was to, you know, connect and to grow from a community perspective. You know, that was really one of the goals since since the start. And even before I started creating tech content, when I was young, like 15, 16, I was really into bodybuilding and I had a blog on like lifting and stuff and on bodybuilding and on, you know, working out different body parts and all that. So like, I always liked the idea of like sharing knowledge and sharing information because we, we live in a world where you kind of have to do that, right? Like we're all, we're all more or less connected in some way, right? A little bit spiritual, but so like, we, we all kind of got to help each other out in one way or another. Like that's, that's one of the biggest reasons why we're here. So, you know, and that definitely helps me, you know, understand why I want to continue to create content and ultimately why I started in the first place.
0: I think you and I are really uh, like or more alike than what it seems, because that's actually how I started out. So there's a a local gym, it's called TFW, uh, and they do basically say it's like CrossFit type. And what I did is I was actually one of the coaches and I wanted to create these videos to help the folks out on their proper form, on doing some of the technique. And it can be anywhere between one minute to two minutes to make sure that they were benching correctly, their elbows are in yada yada. This is not a weightlifting podcast, but it's all around the content creating. And I started making these videos and I would share them on Facebook on the page and say, hey, listen, folks, take a look at this. This is how it's really kind of should be done. Make sure your form's correct. and, And if you can't keep your form correct, you need to lighten the weight to make sure you do it correctly. And then it progressed from there where I started running into technical problems. And I was like, you know what, I got a quick content idea and uh, I got to share it. I got to put it together. And I would just make a video and just post it and share it out.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think that's how a lot of people get started, where it's like you just you kind of have a problem and you're like, can't be the only one with this problem. Uh, And again, you know, funny enough, like the reason why content does so well and not even tech content, just content in general. Like there are a lot of uh, people that create content on, on life and on psychology and on cognitive science and all these things and lifting and and all that. And the reason why it gets views and people like it is because other people are feeling the same way, right? Which goes back to the, we're all connected in one way, shape or form, because we're all kind of feeling the same things. That's just humanity in general. So it's it's definitely interesting like when you when you think about it at at that level, you know, why people are creating content and and why people are consuming content.
0: Michael, before we started this conversation actually click and record, you were talking about a problem that you just had on creating your content. It was a 10-minute video you're working on and putting it together Uh, Would you like to share your thought process around creating content or coming up with the ideas and knowing what the outcome, what you want it to look like and, you know, what it, how much time and effort it takes to actually get to that process?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I would say, funny enough, the, the big spark for a lot of the content that I put out, and and this is just the personal content that I'm putting out, right? This is not including like the the stuff that people are paying me for the the various products and stuff, but I'm like reading something, right? Like I'm, I'm, you know, maybe I'm reading an article or I'm reading a piece of news on Kubernetes or containerization or something. And there's like one sentence in there that sticks out to me and it sparks an idea. And then I'm like, oh, and that would be interesting. That would be that would be an interesting piece of content. Um, or, you know, if I'm just, you know, death, death is scrolling through social media and I see somebody just kind of like bring up a specific topic, I'm like, oh, I'm like, you know, I think that would be interesting to create a piece of content on. And then the other piece of it too is I will look at uh, different communities, you know, Reddit, Discord communities, Slack communities, and I'll see problems that people are facing And, you know, I'll I'll kind of dive in and I'll create content for those problems. Because, again, it's problems that other people are definitely having as well. Um, And then I guess there's another piece of it. The other piece of it is if I'm doing any type of lab or if I'm playing around with a new technology or something like that, it'll spark an idea and I'll be like, oh, this is interesting. I'll, I'll
0: create a piece of content on that. Do you prefer content, a written content versus video or maybe both? I do both and I like both,
1: but I like both for different reasons. Um, I like video because it gives you a, a different ability to express yourself. It gives you the ability to kind of put a face with the voice. Um, you know, it, it makes it a little bit more personal, I think. So that's that's why I like doing YouTube and that's why I like doing podcasts. And that's why I like uh, creating courses and stuff like that. But from a writing perspective, and I'll I'll say that I think because of this, I like writing a little bit better. Like if I had a choice, you know, and the reason why is because with writing, you can go incredibly in depth with your words. You can on videos and courses as well. But here's the thing. You got about four to six minutes for a YouTube video before you lose somebody. So you can never go as in depth as you want to with writing on the other hand you have the ability to write white papers you have the ability to write architecture guides you have the ability to write long form articles and blog posts and you get to go incredibly in depth with those and not only that but you can kind of do it anywhere i could be sitting at the pool in florida writing a blog post i could be on the plane writing a blog post i can be sitting on my couch writing so it's it's a little bit more flexible than than you know recording because when I'm recording I got to be in my, in my in my home office right like um, I have my lights here I have my DSLR here I have my microphone here like I need this stuff for it to sound and look and feel and smell proper. With writing, you don't need all that. You just need a laptop and an idea.
0: Yeah, I don't think I will be doing any recording like video content uh, outside of my home office. If I had to do like screen shares or recording, I would have maybe my camera on site for customer interviews, voice of the customer. But I agree with you that having your home set up is ideal only because you have everything in place. But writing does give you that that ability to connect more deeply with the reader itself. I want to talk on the videos a little bit when you create your videos and you you actually mentioned labs that you do do you prefer a tutorial type conversation powerpoint or do you prefer doing an introduction and then jumping right into it to get really technical with the audience
1: yeah, I definitely prefer to uh, do a little bit of an intro and then dive into the technical bits and show the code and you know show show the screen sharing and all of that. Um, I'm very much a and and we can we can talk about this as well, but I'm very much a middle of funnel person, which in in marketing or just in content creation in general, you got top of funnel, which is like more viewership, right, and then you got middle of funnel, which is more the in depth stuff. So like I'm I'm always very much there. I do the you know the. <laughs> the thought leadership pieces sometimes and the high level stuff sometimes, and it can be enjoyable, but I, I definitely do like the technical deep dives way more. Yeah.
0: Do you prefer the content that you create or actually there was a, I should actually ask the question, does your audience prefer a longer form or shorter form of your content?
1: Shorter form. Of course. Uh, yeah.
0: What is the, what is the ideal short form?
1: Right now, I would say the ideal short form is any type of post on social media. So like, for example, a LinkedIn post. Um, and the reason why is because it's incredibly consumable for others. So and, and and here's kind of the reality. And, you know, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing or not, it it, it is what it is long form content is kind of going away in a sense people want things quick you know people are used to tiktok people are used to youtube shorts um people are used to twitter threads people are used to linkedin posts that short form content is kind of like morphing our brains into only being able to consume bite sized amount of data versus sitting there and reading a white paper so yeah from an audience perspective Uh, it's definitely better to create short form content. Um, And I do a mixture of it because I want to be able to teach people. And the way to do that is whatever trend is happening at that time, you know, short form content, for example, but at the same time to, uh, to, to fulfill myself and to scratch the itch, I have to do long form stuff. And people enjoy it, you know, like, so for example, I wrote, um, I wrote a a logging in Kubernetes blog post, which didn't even realize, like, I was like, oh, it's going to be like 800 words turned into like 2300 words. So I just kind of kept going and it ended up getting like 10,000 views and it ended up going a little bit viral and stuff on social. So people still enjoy that stuff. I don't know if anybody read the whole thing, but people are still enjoying it. Uh, It's just a finite amount of people
0: the post that you do on linkedin or twitter is deep thought leadership and technical so i'll i'll put the spin on it so you don't have to, but is that content similar to or enjoyable as the video content that you're putting together because i know you do both you do it all but you are all over social media is that considered like content in general the stuff that you post there for people to consume I believe
1: so. Yes. Like, I think at this point with the way that content is going, that is now a form of content. I truly do believe that, you know, because, you know, you look 10, 15 years ago, you had very long form white papers. Everybody had books. You know, I had three to four books with me at all times when I was working on some type of issue, right? Like just in production and stuff and then it kind of changed and then people started googling stuff more and people started you know looking at blogs more um and then it kind of changed again and people were doing short form videos and short form posts and then it kind of changed again and now we have 30 you got 30 seconds to catch somebody on TikTok to catch their interest right and to teach them so uh, content kind of shifts and changes throughout time we we kind of always see this and i i do believe that one of the biggest pieces of content that anybody anybody like whether if you're writing about lifting if you're writing about tech if you're writing about if you're a food blogger whatever it is it's going to turn into more, uh, whether again, whether it's Twitter threads, whether it's LinkedIn posts, whatever the case may be. I think it's going to turn more into that. Even, you know, funny enough, I created a TikTok yesterday. Now, uh, for for those of you if you ever tried to search me. Wait on a second. Facebook,
0: I'm not following you on TikTok yet. I gotta go follow you. <laughs> I gotta,
1: you. It. I gotta um, go. <laughs> but, you know, for, for everybody that if, if you've ever looked me up on social media, I don't have personal social media. Like I don't have a Facebook. I don't have a Snapchat. I don't have a personal Instagram, nothing. I'm not a big fan of social media. However, I'm a big fan of social media when it comes to my work and sharing my work, because that's just the way that you do it in today's world. So I, I tried out TikTok. And funny enough, I'm, I'm sitting here right, right, where, right where I'm talking. I created like three real short videos. and Then I created one in my car and they all got like 600 views. Crazy. Nice, like, wow. Ju- ju- just like talking to the camera. Yeah. Like, I don't know anything about the algorithm. I put up like two or three hashtags. I was like, I don't even know if this is the way that it works or not. Um, but like, it's, it's, it's just crazy that like, that's the way that people are now consuming information. And therefore that's the way that we have to portray information. And it's very difficult in tech because a lot of what we have to put out there does require depth in one way, shape or form. Now, if you're, you know, um, if you're an influencer, spe- if you're an influential, if you're, if you're a speaker, I'm, I'm, I'm stuttering a little bit, sorry. If you're a speaker, um, it, you can kind of get your point across in like 10 to 15 seconds, right? Of like what you're trying to teach people, but you can't get your point across in 10 to 15 seconds of how to implement Kubernetes. Doesn't doesn't work that way.
0: <laughs> you can say how to implement Kubernetes. We're going to get started. <laughs> done. You're, You're done. <laughs>
1: that's it. That's it. Yeah. So it's uh, it's weird. We live in a weird time with content. And I'm sorry, I'm 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 uh, rambling on about your question. But to, to, to kind of circle it back here. Yeah. Like posts on social media. That's going to be the new form of us creating content.
0: So everybody, we're talking with Michael Levin around brand awareness and personalizing your brand. Michael, you don't have a personal Facebook, Instagram, but you have one for your business. Let's talk about how does creating this content for your brand really get tied to your personalization? Your personal name is your brand. Hey, this looks like a good place to jump in and talk about today's sponsor, Veeam. How would you like to own, control, and protect your data in the cloud? Are you using Salesforce? Veeam has you covered with Veeam Backup for Salesforce, backing up your Salesforce data effortlessly, whether it's on-premise or in the cloud. Honestly, why wouldn't you back up your most critical CRM data from loss or corruption? Now imagine your sales team coming in and not be able to recover all their information their notes, their pipeline, because it's the one thing you didn't think you needed to back up. How about doing it effortlessly with Veeam Backup for Salesforce? there well, are there nine reasons that you should back up your Salesforce data? How about just two, data loss and data corruption? Veeam Backup for Salesforce eliminates the risk of you losing your data and metadata due to human error, integration, or other Salesforce data loss scenarios. Check out Veeam Backup for Salesforce today. Now, how about we get you back to that podcast? Let's talk about how does creating this content for your brand really get tied to your personalization? Your personal name is your brand.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of weird. Um, I This was like maybe two months ago or so, and I, I posted something. And I, I, what I posted was factual, and it was accurate, but it wasn't at the level of depth that I should have put it at. And the reason why is because you know you're having a general conversation with somebody, and you kind of just you say, yeah, this is the way, blah blah blah, right? Just like general conversation. And I actually, had somebody reach out to me, and they were a hundred percent right. They said, and 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 I, you know, I'll quote this as best I can, but they're like. People are looking at you for the information around Kubernetes and containerization. They're looking at you to be the person that knows it all. So you have to portray it in that fashion. And it was interesting to hear because, number one, I'm just some random guy from New Jersey, right? I'm, I'm you know just a guy on the internet creating content. So by the way, everybody,
0: we're neighbors. I'm in PA, he's in Jersey, so we're close enough.
1: Exactly. So, you know, it was interesting to hear that because it, it puts into perspective for you how people see you and how people portray you. It's typically not how you see and portray yourself, right? So having my name and my brand tied to what I do, it's almost like I have to, Uh, not not be careful, like be careful isn't the right word. It's more like I have to really think before I speak now, right? Like it just can't be, I can't just like throw up out of my mouth, just words, whatever. You got to pick and
0: choose the words and what you want to post. Actually, there's a question for you. What's that?
1: I I said like, and in a concise way, that's still in depth and people understand. Because again, like people are like, for you, people are looking at you. People are looking at me as like the person to go to for the thing based on this information and we may not see ourselves like that because it's kind of like i'm just a guy that likes tech stuff but people are looking at me looking at you like you're the guy
0: and it's like oh crap i gotta get it together now (laughs) crap i need to know i need to basically portray i know what i'm talking about actually is that part of this is this like an imposter syndrome like you don't feel that you are the guy, but in actuality, you're portrayed as the guy because how you come across socially as the guy, man, I use that in three times in one. Sentence.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, good question. Um, I don't think that it's imposter syndrome. Of course, I do get imposter syndrome. Um, you know, of course, I, I sometimes I'm like, Oh, God, what, what, what am I doing here type of thing? Um, but it, it's not necessarily imposter syndrome. You know what it is? It's I've never had a big ego, you know, I've never, I've never wanted to be the center of attention. I've never wanted to be the guy. So I just like, I don't have it in me to look at myself and see myself as like the person, you know? So it's, 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 it's actually less uh, imposter syndrome and it's actually more ignorance on my part. It's just me being ignorant of the fact that I need to start thinking in that way to help others.
0: Yeah, Well, that's actually some of the things that you don't realize you're doing with all the content that you're creating and posting is you're helping others with their problems and thought process. While you may not have all the answers, you kind of engage with the audience of replying to comments, DMs as much as possible, and kind of give them some feedback saying, hey, listen, here's what I think on it what do you think, you know, and pulling others into the conversation. So I think you're, you're on the right track. I th- I agree with you that it's one of those things where you never thought or wanted or planned this, but here you are, and now you need to accept it because you're happy and you enjoy it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, no, 100%. It's, you know, even like when I played sports in school, even, you know, when I uh, had groups of friends and stuff, like I was always very just to myself like i'm a very uh like independent person i guess you can say i'm always very to myself so i'm never looking for like gratification elsewhere i'm never looking to be the person you know so now that it's kind of happening and the social media presence is growing and i'm getting more stuff out there it's it's just, it's, it's odd. It's an odd feeling, I think, uh, uh, <laughs> to this point. <laughs> yeah.
0: Let, let me ask your recommendations on posting some content and getting your brand out there. For some of our audience, I want to let you know, we're talking with Michael Levine, talking r- specifically around brand awareness and personalizing your brand. As you realize, Michael and I both have a personalized brand that is tied to our brand awareness. Coincidental, that's our topic. And that's how it worked out today. We each use our own names because one is heck of it easier that you don't have to change anything anymore unless I'm changing my name. But Maya, let me ask a question around content posting and sharing it out. I use LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and some other things, but there's are my primary thing. What is your recommendation on posting content and the frequency of it?
1: Yeah. So in terms of posting content, it's kind of anywhere that you think that there's an audience you know um like because there's an audience everywhere like you can get hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok, you can get hundreds and thousands of followers on linkedin on twitter on wherever um so I, I don't think the platform is really the important bit it's more of the frequency and the stuff that you're putting out there um that is that holds value now And I think this is a very important point because you kind of see people all the time say, put stuff out that's valuable. And then it's like, okay, cool. But what does that kind of mean? Because here's the problem. And this is why I hate, I shouldn't say hate, hate's a strong word. This is why I really dislike being called an influencer. Because if you look at all the pieces of being an influencer, value is generated based on how many likes comments and impressions you get i i think that's arguably a disgusting metric to providing value to people um for me if if i post something out and it gets a like or a comment or one impression i know at that point i helped somebody good enough for me i don't i don't need go viral every day i don't need to post out a million things that are just you know absolutely over the top like i I don't i don't measure value like that i I measure value more on are you helping at least one person yes great because here's the thing this is a marathon not a sprint if you help one person that person's going to help another person that person's going to help another person and it's going to continue or more so you're going to help one person that person's going to say go look at this guy's stuff then you got somebody else looking and then that person's going to say hey this guy is awesome. Go look at this guy's stuff. So I think there again, it goes back to like the instant gratification of uh, just today's world, right? Where it's like, people think that their value and the value that they're putting out is tied to what, you know, gets, um, you know, what goes out and, and, and gets, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, viral, right? Listen, I've posted stuff out that it was just like, I was just kind of sitting there. Huh? And it, and it got a hundred thousand (laughs) impressions, it it arguably didn't contain too much value. It was just kind of like a shower thought type of thing, right? Just based on Kubernetes or containers or whatever. So point being when you're posting out, make sure that the frequency is good. One to two times a day is great. Once a day is great. Kind of depending on which direction you want to go in and think about the value that you want to create, not likes, comments, impressions, Who, who cares? think about are you, are you creating value with what you're saying are are you help, can you help at least one person with what you're saying yes awesome
0: then keep it moving i think that's sort of some really solid advice for those who are looking to share and post con, uh content if you think about anybody the younger generation i want to go on youtube and tiktok and i want thousands of followers and i want I think just if I post on LinkedIn and Twitter and I get one like on all those, or I get one comment on it, it's good for me. Yeah. Granted, I'd love to see more. I'd love to see it kind of go up, but I'm not disappointed. I'm not going to stop posting daily. What I think that is key is that this person either liked the content because they saw the value of it. They saw the quality of it and of what I shared. But some of the concerns with those who are just getting started, what are some advice that you would have to folks to say, I want to post on social media, but I just don't like, I I want to, it's not looking right. I don't know what to do, or I know what to do, but I don't know how to put it out there.
1: Yeah, I, I would say just give it a shot. Just try it. Like if, here's the thing, whenever you start anything, like you don't just, start being an expert at something you have to build up to, it and you have to work at it uh, and just, and kind of see if it works or not and see if you like it or not. I've, I've changed my approach. I've changed the way I do things, the way I say things, the way I write things, the way I record things a million times, N- not because of anybody else, but just because I wanted to tweak it in certain ways. Like if you go and you look at some of my first blogs, I was a crappy writer. If you go and you look at some of my first videos, I
0: was like, eh, and then we're gonna go here, and, and, then, uh, and, and very monotone, right? Like, uh, I gotcha. Or it, use the same words over and over and exactly. over again, realizing that you were saying, "And uh, uh, uh." Exactly. Yeah. And guess what?
1: You can't break those habits unless you train yourself to break those habits, and you can't train yourself to break those habits until you get started. It's just like anything in the world. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna hit the gym and put up 225 your your first day. You're gonna throw two twenty fives on the bench, and then you're gonna throw a ten on, and then a forty five, and then a twenty five after that. And before you know it, you'll be up to two twenty five. It it's not it's gradual. Everything is very gradual in life. And again, that goes back to like the 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 general society at this point, like always wants everything like this, right? You want something. You want food. You order Uber Eats. You want to get something that day. You order Amazon Prime. It's kind of uh, the unfortunate reality about the world that we kind of live in right now. But if you can. All I can tell you is if you can take yourself out of that mindset, you will succeed in one way, shape, or form. I can guarantee it. But if you keep yourself in the mindset of instant gratification, this needs to happen right now. Everything needs to happen right now. You're going to quit a million things. You're going to
0: fail a million things and you're never going to be happy. That's actually a good analogy with the gym and adapting to it and persistence for the change uh what your analogy in talking about throwing some things onto the bench you know tw- 25s right throw your first piece of content out there yeah. all right i got up you know two reps oh i got two views what do i need to change i need to work out more i need to work on my skills more oh my god my skills are doing good now i got 35 on there well i've got six subscribers Vice versa, you keep building that and changing and adapt. My first video that I put out there is still on my YouTube channel and it sucks. That's my opinion now, but that's where it got me and that's where I started and it's staying there because I always look back and that's how I always progress and adapt to changes.
1: A hundred percent. And, you know, here's the other thing to think about too. I I I work with various uh, organizations, right? I, I work with, you know... Uh, starting a 10 person startups to, you know, large tech uh, companies that we've all known and heard of. And I say the same thing every time, because I get the the same question every single time. How many views do you get impressions, et cetera. And I always tell everybody totally understand why that's important. I get it, but it's not my bag. I'm a middle of funnel content creator. I'm focused on uh, providing value versus getting likes and stuff. Now, here's the thing. On the flip side, I have over 23,000 followers across social media. and But there's a reason for that. Number one, it didn't happen overnight. Number two, I didn't run ads and all of this stuff. I didn't do any of it. I just let everything happen organically. Did it take longer? Absolutely. Did I gain more genuine followers? Absolutely. Did I have the ability to... Grow in a at a good pace and showcase that value at a good pace, absolutely. So, it, it may not it's not going to seem like much in the beginning. You're not going to get you know uh, paid thousands of dollars. You're not going to get thousands of views. You're not going to get thousands of impressions. But organically, those things are going to happen as long as you're providing value. And and here's the thing, for better or for worse, if you're creating not good stuff, and you don't want to get better, but you want to throw ads at it and all of this to try to get it viral, Like people are going to see that it's BS, right? So it's, it's all about putting in the hard work. It's all about putting in the dedication. It's all about showing up, continuously show up continuously, you know, make yourself the person that you want to be Right, whether it's a better writer, whether it's a better video person, whether it's a better overall anything, right? Just anything in life. It's just a good rule of thumb in life.
0: I go. I've got one last question before we're going to wrap things up because I have a, a a topic that you and I have to do podcast number two, and I want to talk about what you do around Kubernetes, containers, and orchestration. And I think the audience is really going to resonate with that. We might share some things, show some things on the screen, and might pick your brain being that I'm not an expert in it, but uh, so stay tuned, everybody. We're going to do actually do podcast number two, whatever. We'll we'll title something. Michael LeVan. The influence. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, sorry, I'm going
1: to start punching my camera. And yeah, take yeah, all that right. Off. Hey, you
0: know what? That would actually make some good comment where, uh, content where I would say it. you'd punch the camera, I'd cut to me and then we do it. All right, so my last question, and this is for everybody out there that's looking to create content, but works for a company or looking to be socially a- active, doesn't work for a company, wants to, whatever it may be, what is your feelings and should companies be hiring consulting or working with those who are and i'm going to use the word social influencers or socially active should they work with folks like ourselves
1: absolutely i mean listen there's you know again thinking about it from from the 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 marketing funnel perspective you have top of funnel and you have middle of funnel folks right the the, the social influencers the ones that are focused on getting the views and getting the impressions and getting the likes and stuff, again, totally fine, just not my bag, not the way that I think that it should go, essentially. Um, but again, my that's my opinion, right? But yes, companies should work with them. And I'll tell you why. It's for presence, right? So if you have a product that you're trying to get out there, there's only one way to get it out there in today's world, today's tech world, community. Everything is community driven in today's world, right? It's not about sales, right? Actually, in fact, I was speaking with a colleague at Microsoft a couple of days ago, and we were talking about how everything's very community driven right now. And he told me, you know, we do blogs, we do videos, we do webinars, we do this, we do that. And way at the end is when the salesperson will come in and say, oh, by the way, here's how much it costs. So if you're if you're a company, if you're creating a product, whether you have 5 employees or you have 20,000 employees and you want to get that product out there and public facing, whether it's at a top of funnel perspective, aka showing it to people or a middle of fun, funnel perspective, aka showing people how to use it, you need to you need to hire content creators. Whether you're hiring full-time devrel folks, whether you're consulting it out, whatever the case may be, you really got to focus on community. It's a, it's a must. It's the only way to show people the
0: value of your product. And yeah, that, that's about it. <laughs> I think community drives it. internal efforts, whether you're working with somebody externally, everybody knows that they're an external person, mm-hmm. a consultant coming in to talk about it. I don't tie my brand to any company that I wouldn't trust because that's my name. That's I'm tied to it. I always look at it. We do a lot of evaluations. We make mm-hmm. sure it, And that's one of the key benefits of actually being able to decide some of those. But if you have internal folks who are, by the way, I can't use the word folks too much. I have to write that down. That's the second time I've used it. I'll put that off my list. So if you have internal developer advocates who are out there basically talking about your product in the community, engaging with them, what they're doing is you're building trust with the community based on this person, based on their social ability. They're out at community events talking about it. They know your product. They know the in and outs. They will trust them. They will trust your product. It's plain and simple. It's not a hidden thing. There's no secrets about it. And Michael, I think the content you create is awesome. The community you're building is awesome. And what you're doing, posting out there is working. Keep it up.
1: And thank you so much, John. Really appreciate it. Same thing to you. And to just echo what you said as well, tying yourself to a company that you don't believe in will always result in negativity. Yep. Uh, I've It's January 12th and I've turned down several pieces of work already so far uh, in the new year, simply because it was work that uh, I didn't think that I was the right person for, you know, whether it was more influencing, whether it was just different types of work that it it didn't, didn't feel right. So like tying yourself to stuff that you don't think feels right. Never do it for the money. Never do it for the money. Um, get really good at something and the money's just going to come naturally. And, and, and I always say this and people kind of look at me strange, but making money is the easy part. The hard part is figuring out what you're good at, or rather figuring out what you want to do. And getting really good at that thing. Once you're really good at something, people are going to pay you. Yep. You know,
0: that's the way that it is. I I couldn't agree with you more, Michael. Thank you so much for joining me. Before we end things, how do people follow you? How can they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, so LinkedIn, Michael Levan. Feel free to uh, check that out. Twitter at the NJ DevOps guy, and I'm I'm not going to say anything about. Well, I mean, I guess you could you could check it out. Underscore Michael Levan on TikTok. Uh, it. I, it's either, I'm either going to continue doing it. or You're never going to hear from me again on there. It's one or the other. There's going to be no in between. So <laughs> enter at your own risk.
0: <laughs> nice. Well, you've just gained a follower for TikTok. I didn't know you're on. I am on. I do not post frequently, maybe once or twice a month. If I have some time, I have other platforms that I'm dedicated to. So I just like to throw some things out there. Michael, thank you so much for joining me for this show. It's been awesome. Thanks, John. Everybody, my name's John Meyer. You join the John Meyer podcast. Don't forget to hit that like, subscribe, and notify because as always, we're out of here.